The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and thank you for listening with us today. We're very glad that you're joining us. We love getting your emails. We love getting your comments on our Facebook page, and we love it when you like us on Facebook. So spread the word and uh, keep letting your friends and all the people in your uh, spiritual community, your recovery community know about the spirit of recovery. We are glad to be broadcasting here on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, and we welcome your emails and your calls here during the show today, and uh, we'd love to hear from you and hear what you've got to ask and what you've got to say. We know that uh, you're aware that every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. Our guests are always people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, and who are innovative. They're people who are in recovery themselves or people who work with or write for recovering people. They're always bringing you spiritual insights, practical information that you can use, and lively discussions that get you thinking about ways to deepen your spirituality and keep your recovery moving forward. You know that you can always listen to Spirit of Recovery live with us on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central or at whatever appropriate time zone you're in. Also, you can listen on your mobile device and you can listen to the Spirit of Recovery archives 24-7. These get up on the website on the evening of the program and stay on the Unity Online Radio website forever. And so you can listen to them Anytime you want, and we invite you to do that, to go um, on www.unityonlineradio.org backslash program backslash spirit of recovery and look at all the great archives that we've got over the last couple of years and you can listen to all of them. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member, it's in your own recovery as a family member or you're the family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, whether or not uh, you're in recovery or they're in recovery. You're just curious. You're looking for information. Um, we are welcoming you here. Uh, if you're just curious about recovery, you're welcome. And we're uh, glad you're listening, and we are grateful for your participation uh, via email or through the phone in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. Years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery, a path of spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of the unity and recovery principles, and that keeps transforming my life. So I am delighted to have the opportunity to host the Spirit of Recovery and to bring you great guests, to bring you exciting ideas, and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery. Well, today I have uh, Reverend Leo Booth as my guest, and we're going to be talking about some ideas from his new book, 
His book is The Happy Heretic, Seven Spiritual Insights for Healing Religious Codependency, Dancing with Pelagius and Rumi. And we're going to be talking with Reverend Leo today about how to be a happy heretic. And I know that uh, many of you are probably familiar with Reverend Leo Booth and all that he has contributed to the recovery world over the last many years. He is a unity minister. He was formerly an Episcopal priest. He is an internationally acclaimed author, lecturer, and trainer on all aspects of spirituality and recovery. And he is a consultant to uh, several treatment centers, and he presents regularly at uh, recovery addiction professionals conferences. He's a certified addictions counselor, a certified eating disorders counselor as well. And he um, is uh, also an author. He's written over 10 publications. He's written Say Yes to Your Sexual Healing, Say Yes to Your Life, Say Yes to Your Spirit, The Wisdom of Letting Go, among others. And again, his most recent book, which we'll be discussing today, some ideas from that, is The Happy Heretic. Father Leo has appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show, on Good Morning America, and on others, and now he's here with us on Spirit of Recovery, and he was our guest also back in November. So, Reverend Leo, we're glad to have you. Thanks for being with us today. Reverend Donna, it's so so good to be on your show. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you. It's good. Beautiful, because I think when I was talking to you last time, the happy heretic had not yet come out. But now That's it's right. out, and you've got a copy. Yes, I enjoyed it very much, very much. You, um, again, the, the subtitle to The Happy Heretic is Seven Spiritual Insights for Healing Religious Codependency, Dancing with Pelagius and Rumi, and I know we're going to be hearing all about them, who those people are, and these uh, seven insights. But I want to start off by asking you this. You write in your book that you are a happy heretic because you've created a new relationship with God that's very different from official church teaching. So, tell us about that. How are you a happy heretic? Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, First of all, most of the people who are listening will be familiar with Unity's famous saying that wherever we are, God is. And uh, as a happy heretic, I'm somebody who believes very much in that statement. I believe that God is present in every human being, and that means we have a responsibility, a choice, to live the spiritual life. And it's very different, Reverend Anna, from official Roman Catholic, Episcopal, or the the other church teachings that basically talk about original sin. They talk about God's grace changing people's lives, but they do not emphasize what Pelagius and Rumi understood, and that is that you have to cooperate with God in order to create the good life or the healthy life or the recovery life. So this book in some ways really is very challenging, but it's something that unity people, metaphysical people, will really celebrate, and I think they will not only enjoy, but also definitely agree with. It's, it's almost like I'm exploring what the secret, the secret was a book, as you know, what the secret really is, and in a very down-to-earth way, explain the metaphysical teachings that really change our relationship with God. Yes, and you do that so clearly. It it is. It's very practical, as well as inviting us into that metaphysical understanding. You've got your seven insights that uh, are so down to earth and the first one is that about living the good life and you talk about Pelagius tell us who he was it sounds like he's been important to you ever since you were studying for the priesthood uh, some years ago who is he and why did he get your attention well he was a very famous man in his day which was the 4th century 
And he was somebody who challenged St. Augustine. You see, St. Augustine said, we are nothing without God's grace. But Pelagius said, I, Pelagius said, I agree with grace, but I don't agree with you saying that we're nothing. We're something. And he was arguing for the fact that we're all divine creatures. So Pelagius basically emphasized the goodness of creation. Now, St. Augustine said that we're born with original sin, and that sin was Adam and Eve. Pelagius said, no, no, no. Adam and Eve may have sinned, but their sin is not our sin. They are responsible for their lives. We have to be responsible for ours. So he did not believe, Pelagius did not believe, that every baby is born with original sin. And he also believed that we had to cooperate with God's grace. In other words, God's grace is not a magic formula. God's grace is something that's offered to us, but we have to take hold of it. So Pelagius really was metaphysical uh, long before unity came along, but he is basically challenging St. Augustine. Well, unfortunately, he was condemned as a heretic, and he died in Palestine because he was banished from Rome to Palestine, and he died in about 416. But he was a very important teacher. He actually came from Great Britain, but uh, that's not the reason I love him so much. (laughs) I love him more because of his teachings. If a person wanted to read some of his original teachings, where would they find that? Well, they're really not easy to find. I mean, I quote quite a lot of his teachings, as you know, in the book. But what they would have to do is Google Pelagius and his teachings and writings. And if they go on the web, uh, and and maybe it's good to spell out his name. It's P-E-L-A-G-I-U-S, Pelagius. Yes. Great. So he was way back uh, over a thousand years ago in the 4th century there. He was already uh, thinking about this original goodness and that people are good, that uh, he even says that people are perfect and that they don't have to necessarily think they're sinners. Right. In fact, what he said was, and uh, again, uh, this is a challenging thought for many people, because don't forget we've never been really allowed to think like this other than if you belong to a metaphysical church or you read Ernest Holmes. Um, Basically, he said that Jesus was the example, not the exception. In other words, he's saying, Jesus said, you can be like I am if you want to be, but you have to make those choices. So, He was really very challenging, and I just think that his teachings are so necessary today, especially for recovering people, because they have to understand that they have the power, because you don't live your whole life powerless, and you don't live your whole life unmanageable. You have to realize that you have the power once you stop drinking and connect with a spiritual source to change your life and to embrace recovery. Yes, and you you talk about that in a very uh, clear way when you, you talk about the idea that if we have an overemphasis on uh, being separate from God or God's grace being all and we're nothing, that that's a half-truth. And you're saying that religious messages have truth in them, but yet they're half-truths and they become toxic. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that to be very true because, you know, St. Augustine said, we are nothing without God's grace. And again, I go back to what I said. Um, You know, human beings are created with the divine within them. I mean, that saying, wherever we are, God is. So there's something of God 
in every one of us. What the book, The Happy Heretic, is about is demonstrating that God, demonstrating the divine in our lives. And it's a very different message. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know whether you agree with me, Reverend Anna, but even unity people may need to read this book. And to be honest, it will challenge them as well because many people in the metaphysical church don't quite fully understand the um, astounding and awesome message that the metaphysical teachers, you know, the Fillmore's and the Ernest Holmes, were bringing to us. I do agree, and and it, it's it seems it's interesting to me because it's it, across the board whether it's more fundamentalist Christianity or or. Uh, you know, we like to think of ourselves as metaphysicians, as, as very open-minded thinkers, or anywhere in between. I can't really speak to other uh, religions very pithily here beyond the Christian, but but in terms of the uh, people get into magical thinking and they confuse magical thinking with spiritual thinking. And by no, magical no. thinking, I mean that it's going to happen. Somehow, poof, it's all going to work. Exactly. And, and, and as you know, throughout the book, I keep talking about the fact that miracle involves you and me. Magic is a trick. It's a trick that's done in Las Vegas, in a circus. But we don't know how the trick's done because it's, you know, it's very, very kind of imaginative, the trick. But, but we know it's a trick. I mean, the elephant doesn't disappear and the woman isn't sawn in half. We, it's just that we don't know how they do the trick, but it's a trick. What I'm suggesting is miracle is not about a trick. And, and I hope that this book is read by students at Unity Village and by, um, you know, ministers throughout the Unity and Metaphysical Churches. So when, when you're coming from a metaphysical point of view and, and maybe at least intellectually accept the idea that we're good and that we're co-creators and so forth, how do you see, Leo, that we can really learn how to partner with God and, and create these miracles, not just get lost in the magic trick thing as, as people who are, do claim to be metaphysicians? What do we well, need to do? Yeah, well, one, let's take a very down-to-earth, because I know... Your show is really about very down-to-earth, practical, metaphysical teaching. So, say a person wants to get sober. A person, it says, needs to be willing to turn their life in a, a new direction. Now, most people, although they see the word turn, they actually think it means hand over. So, they're thinking oh my gosh, I've got to hand over my life to God in order to get sober. But they're all, if you turn your life over, you're still involved. In other words, turning your life in a new direction involves you. So God it doesn't get anybody sober. God doesn't get anybody clean. God doesn't make people happy. That's our responsibility. But the good news is we have the power to make ourselves happy, to get clean, and to become sober. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard who are sober say, I have done nothing for my sobriety. God has done everything. And I know what they're trying to say, but I just think it's a very misleading message, and I don't think it celebrates the power of being human. Thank you for that. It's time for our first break. Um, we'll be right back. My guest today is Reverend Leo Booth, and our topic is how to be a happy heretic. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. 
This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Very glad that you're listening with us today. If you're just joining us, our topic is how to be a happy heretic. And we're talking about how ideas of really knowing that when we partner with God and when we experience our own goodness within us, that our spirituality deepens and we have the opportunity to live fulfilled lives. My guest is Reverend Leo Booth, and I know many of you are familiar with Reverend Leo's work. He is a unity minister. He's an international acclaimed author, lecturer, and trainer on all aspects of spirituality and recovery. He's also a certified addictions counselor and a certified eating disorders counselor. And he is the author of over 10 publications, and his newest one is The Happy Heretic, Seven Spiritual Insights for Healing Religious Codependency, Dancing with Pelagius and Rumi. And you can learn more about uh, what Father Leo writes and what he does and learn more about his book, at www.fatherleo.com. That's fatherleo.com. But before I get back to my conversation with Reverend Leo, I invite you to join me for a brief moment of meditation, a brief opportunity to allow yourself to become still, to share with me a constructive idea, and allow that presence and power of God that is within you and all around you to come to mind. So I invite you to relax, to take a breath, and share with me this constructive idea. I am filled with divine power, love, and wisdom. Expressing those qualities, I take action and create a meaningful, fulfilling life. I am filled with divine power, love, and wisdom. 
expressing those qualities, I take action and create a meaningful, fulfilling life. And now we take a moment in the quiet. for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that this was an opportunity for you to become aware of that power and that life that is who you are and to feel more deeply connected to it. And now I'm back to my conversation with Reverend Leo Booth and we're talking about how to be a happy heretic. So what is a heretic anyway? Well, that's a good question. You know, for many years, if you were condemned... As being a heretic, you probably, and by the way, it was the church that condemned you, you would probably uh, be executed um, or be considered a witch and burnt at the stake. But that's only one meaning, meaning that you're wrong. So there's a definition of heretic which the church uses, which means that you're wrong. But the Greek word, herakletos, means that you dare to think differently. And in The Happy Heretic, as you've uh, known, because I know you've read it, Reverend Anna, uh, the church has changed on so many issues. At one time, it believed the world was flat, and the world is not flat. At one time, the church was involved in slavery and actually taught that people of color were less than people who were white. That's changed. Science was always seen as secondary, and um, people uh, like Galileo were condemned to house arrest because he said that the Earth is not at the center of the universe. The Earth is a planet that goes around the sun, like the other planets. So in history, and of course the issue of women, At one time, women were not allowed to be ministers or priests in the original churches, and that's changed as well. So if you include gay issues that are very prominent at the present time, I think you and I have seen in our lifetime that the church has changed, and anybody with a knowledge of church history knows that the church has had to change on many issues because they were wrong. So... I'm a happy heretic because I dare to think differently and I'm very pleased that there are so many millions of people who think the same way that I do. How is it that your beliefs have changed over the years? What's what's propelled that? Because obviously you've been involved with the church for a great deal of your life. All my life. All my life Mm -hmm. as a young boy. Uh, You see, you know, when you're young... You're a little boy or little girl, and you grow into being a teenager. The church is a big influence in your life, and and of course each church has its own teachings. But um, I didn't really think for myself. When I went to university, I was introduced to Pelagius and Rumi, and I started to begin to think differently. But it was only just the beginnings, the seed of another way of looking at life and our relationship with God. And then I was ordained in the Episcopal Church, the Church of England, uh, and for many years uh, I was uh, teaching, but I was always very aware of the fact that what the official church believed, I didn't. I was in favor of the ordination of women. I was in favor of the women being bishops. I realized that gay and lesbian people should be allowed to receive the sacraments. And so over the years, I began to change. And the big change came when I realized there are many paths to God. Because people who are Hindu or Muslim or Jewish are usually born into that religion, just like I was born a Christian. 
So I was forced to realize God manifests himself or herself in many different ways. And, and so over the years, I've changed so much. And of course, recovery, being, being familiar with the 12-step program, also influenced me. So today, my latest thinking is in that book, The Happy Heretic. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, insights that you have that follows on really what you were just saying, because you yourself have made choices, obviously, to uh, change your thinking, your belief over time. Your fourth insight about uh, recovering or healing from religious codependency is that choice is everything. And maybe more traditional uh, teachings of the church might have told us, well, you don't choose you know, only God chooses. But you say, no, we have to choose. So how does that work? How does choice well, help us? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that's a very good question because, you know, I was brought up, like probably many people listening, to obey the church, that the Holy Spirit worked through the church, and that meant the bishops. But, but I never realized that the Holy Spirit's also working through me. <clears throat> and then I realized something that's so obvious. And that is, Jesus was a heretic. In other words, he actually um, disagreed with a lot of the things the rabbis were saying. And, as you know, it led to his crucifixion for blasphemy. You see, blasphemy is just another word for heresy. So, my, my savior, if you like, the person I was following, was a heretic. And, and, and instead of um, condemning people who are heretics, we really should celebrate people who dare to challenge and dare to think differently. And one of the things in the book that I've done, which is so important, is to write new prayers. Because, you see, if you're a metaphysical person in your thinking, but the prayers that we use are still the old prayers, you see, the serenity prayer was written by a Lutheran, Richard Niebuhr. Nothing against the Lutherans, but I don't believe what they believe. And so if I was writing the serenity prayer, I wouldn't say, God grant me the serenity. I would be saying, God, I celebrate the serenity that is within me. So it's a different emphasis. And, and by the way, I think that... Um, that different emphasis can be helpful to many people who are angry at God because God isn't doing what they're asking for in the prayers. Well, he isn't going to. If you don't do something, you won't get something. It's as simple as that. So, it's true. We have to make choices in the direction of our own healing. And you... Give some great examples of that, of people who chose to get in recovery and, and they cooperated, they acted on their own behalf. Exactly, so, exactly, exactly. I mean, how many people go to 12-step meetings because of their treatment experience? In other words, the treatment center sends them to 12-step meetings. Uh, now, they chose to go into treatment. They chose to stay. They chose to go on the bus to the meetings, and after they've left the treatment center, they choose to continue to go. You can't get away from choice. Choice is the key to the living of the healthy life or the good life. That's right. We have to keep choosing to, to do what's going to be healthy, what's going to be right for us, and that's, and that's that co-creation aspect. I want to get back to your prayers. I loved that. You're very daring there, Leo. You rewrote the third and the seventh step prayer from the book yes. Alcoholics Anonymous and St. Francis's Prayer. It's I good. Know. Share those with us. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is that I, I love the poetry of St. Francis' Prayer. But if you're a codependent, uh, somebody who have spent your whole life doing things for others but not for yourself, the St. Francis prayer will put you in the grave. Mm -hmm. It will kill you mm -hmm. because it celebrates not so much what you want for yourself 
So you don't talk about being loved as loving. You, you, the whole emphasis of the St. Francis prayer is, is not to be served, but to serve. But for a codependent, they need a different message. It's a very good message for arrogant people, but for people who have spent their whole lives taking care of others, and now this prayer is reinforcing that, um, I believe that, you know, um, if you do a good day's work, you deserve a good day's pay. You don't just do things just for the sake of it. You do things in order to create a better life for yourself and your family. That's right. That's right. You uh, and you re, again. You you rewrote in that vein the third and the seventh step prayers from the big book again, emphasizing that God is uh, within us and that we're making choices. That's in your book. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if I may, yeah. sorry to sure. interrupt you, but but to actually be asking God to remove your defects of character uh-huh. when you're the person who's going to be working on those defects with a sponsor or with somebody and trying to change your life, why in a prayer would you ask God to, to remove all your defects of character when it's something you're actively doing? And by the way, I think God celebrates the fact that we get off our tush and do something. That's right. That's good. That's yeah. It's it's excellent that you're you're doing that. You're talking about how it is that we're active in our own lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. I mean, for example, I mean, we're doing this radio show, and it would be a really sad situation if you said after the show, "Thank you, God, for doing a great show." When, to be honest, you and I have been working pretty hard for the last thirty-five minutes. Good point. Good point. Another thing that you bring up uh, in one of your insights is that being real is so important. And being real is not always welcomed in religious circles, whether they be traditional or even metaphysical circles. What do you mean by being real? Well, uh, you know, many of your listeners, like myself, were raised with the teachings of Jesus, but not just the teachings, the life. And he confronted hypocrites, and he confronted people who were making money in the temples. He confronted people who wore wonderful clothes, but actually, you know, were ostentatious. But their heart was a long way from their clothes. And that made Jesus unpopular, but he was real. And the ordinary people said, this is the teacher that we can follow and love. So, you know, for me, I've rewritten some of the prayers in the big book and 12 Step, and and I've said things about the St. Francis prayer. But to be honest with you, that's probably upset some people. But some people... I haven't even read the book, and they're criticizing. If they read the book, they may see that all I'm trying to do is improve on what has been very valuable to many people. But we're always improving. That's why, you know, the Unity Church came into being. I mean, it's an improvement on previous Christian teachings. So, um, you know, unfortunately, some people resist change, and you're not popular if you're a heretic with some people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's uh, the price to pay sometimes, isn't it? I, I guess uh, Jesus sort of showed us that. <laughs> not well, everybody yeah, I mean, does uh, like it. Yeah. I mean, if anybody, if any, if the first happy heretic was Jesus, because he, he was happy with his relationship with the Father, but he also... Uh, confronted people because, in fact, he said it. He said, you've heard what, you, what was said of old time, but now I say to you. And he also said to his disciples, listen, you're going to do greater things than I have done. So I think we need to listen to what he said, and I think we should follow his example. And 
you know, while we're talking, there's a new pope in Rome, and he's slowly beginning to change things too, because if, if they didn't change things, it would just keep getting worse and worse and worse. So I'm not the only one who's advocating change, but my change is radical, and I think it would uh, really make many of your listeners very happy. I agree. It's time for our break. Uh, this is a great conversation. My guest is Father uh, Reverend Leo Booth, and our topic is how to be a happy heretic. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you in a state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., if you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery@unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining me, our topic today is how to be a happy heretic. And my guest is Reverend Leo Booth. I know many of you are familiar with Reverend Leo. He has uh, been involved with recovery and spirituality. And it's a teacher, a trainer, an author, and a lecturer for many years now. And he's done uh, so much good bringing these concepts to the fore for us. And we're here discussing some concepts from his brand new book, The Happy Heretic, Seven Spiritual Insights for Healing Religious Codependency, Dancing with Pelagius and Rumi. And you can learn more about Reverend Leo's work and more about this book at fatherleo.com. That's father, L-E-O, fatherleo.com. And so, uh, Leo, before the break, we were talking about being real. And uh, you tell us something here about spirituality. You say that you used to think spirituality was a quest to find God, but now you believe that spirituality involves discovering yourself. Yeah, I think that's that's really important because, you know, God wants us to be happy, but God doesn't make us happy. So we need to um, really stop doing things that hurt us or that make us feel sad. Um, And by our choice, we can move into recovery and healing. Um, you, You said at the beginning of the show that a lot of people who listen are 
people who are in recovery, so they know that they have made a choice to understand themselves and to be honest, some things about themselves need to change, whether it's drinking or drugs or food or sex. So there's a lot of changes that all of us are making, but we can only make those changes when we get to know ourselves. And I have a Facebook. The Facebook is uh, Facebook Reverend, R-E-V-E-R-E-N-D, Reverend Leo Booth. And I post every day different spiritual sayings and quotations and things. And uh, I hope some of your listeners will go to my Facebook, Reverend Leo Booth. Great. Yes, so they can read what what you're posting there, some of your thoughts there on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, we all need support as well. Uh, None of us can do this alone. How is it that groups of people can be part of this spirituality that can support us in making good choices? Well, I think the thing is that um, there are many of your listeners who are involved in 12-step. Of course, the Unity Church, uh, for many, many years, almost from its beginnings, um, created not just worship, but educational centers. In fact, the Fillmores wanted very much to educate people, not only in the Gospels and the faith, but how to live the good life and live the faith. So anybody who's connected with Church of Religious Science or Unity or 12-step already has a kind of supportive group. Um, As you know, this book also challenges some of the groups to also, you know, never stop thinking. You know, we can't live in a box and we need new ideas, new prayers, new thoughts. And by the way, that keeps us stimulated on the journey because something I learned years ago, boredom is my enemy. And, and, and if I'm bored on my spiritual journey, you know, I'm going to get back to doing negative and destructive things. So I need to stay stimulated. And, you know, these, these radio shows stimulate people. They stimulate people to, you know, to ask questions and to begin to think and maybe to change their minds because if you don't change, Anna, you're going to be lost. Yes. You tell a story in your book um, about a woman who was getting into recovery and her, uh, some of her friends were concerned about her because she was changing the groups that she had been in or going, not going to the same ones, not doing the same practices, whatever. And you have a great line in there. She said, well, I'm in the process of remodeling God, and I'll get back to you. So how can we remodel God? That's a great phrase. Well, I think that one of the things, again, is that, uh, you know, we talk very much nowadays about father, mother, God. So the model of God isn't just as a father, but also as a nurturing mother. We begin to see that masculinity as well as femininity play a role in experiencing the creative God in our lives. And, and, And I also think that the big thing is to understand religious codependency because I think I'm right in saying nobody else has quite used this term before, religious codependency. Right, tell us what you mean, yeah. Yeah, religious codependency is when you're looking for God to fix your life. In other words, you're looking to God to make you happy, make you wealthy, uh, get you a job, take care of your family, and... The old codependency we're familiar with, where we look to other people to fix our lives and to make us happy, that's been exposed. But religious codependency is still hidden, and not many people know about it. So I think I'm right in saying this is certainly one of the first books that deals with healing religious codependency. Because, you know, so many people get angry with God because God isn't doing what they want, want you know, him to do. But really, God has already given us the power to be able to make the changes 
So asking God to do something that we are quite capable of doing ourselves, that seems to me to be religious codependency, and I try to expose it in the book. Yes, and, and you do. And you, you speak a lot about in balance, like holding opposites together, this idea of uh, God and humanity and working together. How do we hold that opposite together in balance? Well, I think that we, we, we kind of do it, you know, we don't do it as well as we should. But, you know, on one level, God is beyond our comprehension. But on another level, God is revealed in creation. So we kind of hold two things together. And also, there are some things that we need to let go of because we can't do anything about them. Um, and there are other things we need to take responsibility for. So it, it seems to me that what you say with one hand, you, you also need to remember there's something in the other. And people who just talk about what's in one hand, I think are telling a lie. I think that in order to get to spiritual truth, then you've got to speak with both hands. So we're human, but we're also divine. Now, if you just emphasize the human then you miss the divine. And if you just emphasize the divine, you miss the human side of who we are. So we need to hold both hands together. Right. That makes me uh, think of what you wrote in here about the creative soul and about that old idea, the traditional idea that somehow the soul and the body are separate and so forth. But you have a different idea of what the soul is. Yeah, I think that the soul is the whole entity. In other words, you know, if I cut you open, uh, I'm not going to find something that we call the soul. So, in a way, the word soul, S-O-U-L, is poetic. But I believe that what it's trying to say is the whole entity, the holistic person, when I meet you, emotionally, physically, and mentally, the whole person then I'm experiencing your soul. And, and I believe that creation is very much part of, in other words, the physical creation is part of the universal soul. So I don't believe that it's a kind of metaphor thing. I think it's a very realistic experience. And if I hit you or abuse you and hurt you in any way, then I'm hurting truly your soul. Right. The um, you part of that is health, is healthy self esteem, and you make a distinction between healthy self esteem and arrogance, or healthy self esteem and separating ourselves into to pieces. There, How, what is healthy self esteem? I think healthy self esteem is knowing the things that you're good at, and and really celebrating the things that you've worked to achieve. Like for example. You and I both went to college. We both went to university. We should celebrate our education. It's not arrogant to celebrate what you've worked for. Now, it doesn't make us better than other people. So arrogance is when, because you've got a PhD or because I've been educated, that we think we're better. No, no, that's arrogance. But to self-esteem is when... You know, you know what you're good at. You know, Sinatra knew that he could sing. You know, um, Marlon Brando knew he could really act and do, do a great performance. To celebrate what you're good at really enhances you as a human being and develops your personality. So, no, no, I think that there's a big difference between arrogance and self-esteem. And part of sobriety is getting back our self-esteem and our self-worth. And I think the happy heretic helps us do that. Yes, it, it does. That makes a lot of sense, uh, what you're saying. It's about being really, in a way, connected to our whole self. So that, that sense of soul, that sense of depth, and, and how that's expressing in the human experience. That's, that's all part of it. I, I would even say that's all God. I don't know. Where, how, how would you phrase that? No, I think it is. I think it's very much, I think, that, you know, the divine is alive and well in all of us. But when we miss, you know, when we don't connect with the divine, 
that's when the shadow comes into our lives. And that's, that's when we see addiction and we see violence and we see abuse because we're not connecting with the satisfying divine. We're separating ourselves from that. And I think that we lose. And I think it's very sad that there are people who are not understanding or even thinking about some of the things that you and I have been talking about on the show. Reverend Leah, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, Our time is up and we're going to have to go. But I appreciate so much you being with us. It's just inspiring to talk to you, and I know you've inspired the listeners. Uh, My guest today is Reverend Leo Booth. His book is The Happy Heretic, Seven Spiritual Insights for Healing Religious Codependency, Dancing with Pelagius and Rumi. God bless you all. Thank you for listening with us here on Spirit of Recovery. Have a wonderful week and know that life is good and your choices make it so. We'll uh, be back with you next week here on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. You've seen reality TV. Well, now, get ready for Reality Radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio. 
Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.